Okay, it's the Chance of Gaming podcast, and uh, it's episode 57, and that's almost in a row, but it's more like Heinz 57, I think, and um, yeah. Is that our new sponsor? Yeah, look, if they would, (laughs) I I would, and uh, when we get into what I've been playing, we'll talk more about sponsorship and how it's just fascinating to me and how things work and whatnot, and of course, I've always... uh... Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just gonna say I've always said I I wouldn't be a, opposed to uh, different sponsorships. I mean, as long as it's not like you know Hitler's Laundry Emporium. You know, I I don't I don't want that kind of I don't want money like that. We get your sheets super super white. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I don't want that. But if it was if it was like Tampax tampons. They were like, "Look, Adam, I caught your show the other day, and it was fantastic. <laughs> we would love, we here at Tampax would love to sponsor your podcast." I'd be like, "Oh yeah, sure. I mean, as long as that check clears, no problem." I'd be like, "Hey, I'm Adam Chance. I don't use tampons, but if I did, you best believe they would be Tampax." So, I mean, that's, that's so what I'm gonna I would say do. right now. If Tampax decides to invest in this show. Sell all your Tampax stock because they are not making good decisions. I think just just make your peace with God because the world. <laughs> Look, it's, it's 2020. Stranger things have happened. That you know? is true. So I was going to say that uh, here in town, there's the Heinz pickle plant. So like, uh, I could stroll over there and, and hit them up and just you know kind of kind of float it there with them. The pickle plant. It just kind of yep. sounds dirty. I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> <laughs> it's very, very odd, but okay. Anyway, these are that's my co-host, Richard and Roy, who I talk about occasionally when I meet people in the wild, like I did, uh, you know, sort of this weekend. But, well, since we last spoke, so there you go. It'd He's telling like, porcupines at a, at, a, at a turn, I think, about us, Rich. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. I, the weird thing is, is nobody can ever We've remember... We've got a bad name in Mississippi. Nobody can ever remember <laughs> that Richard lives in Missouri. They think both of you guys are from Michigan. So it's just, oh. it's just funny to me. And so, yeah. We're I, just like Michigan South. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's funny. I mean, I know... I'm sure it's just like, uh, you know observational bias or whatever you want to call it. But I know so many people from Michigan that live down here now. So it's just one of those things where it kind of becomes a joke. Every time I meet another one, it's like, wow, you're all coming down here, aren't you? So We're, we're fleeing the White Walkers. Yeah. <laughs> I could see that. And see, I always like whenever I encounter somebody like uh, I recently uh, ended up almost purchasing some painted uh, bolt action stuff from a guy who was selling it. And uh, he's from Lansing, Michigan. Mm-hmm. And he was, and I was like, "Oh, okay." And I'm like, "I'm like, you're, are you anywhere near Holland?" Because I mean, that's that's all I know. And he's like, he's like, he's like, I'm about an hour and a half from there. And I'm like, "Oh, you know, I've got a little podcast. One of my co-hosts is over there." And then I told you, uh, Rich, my uh, guy, I sort of know, moved from here to St. Louis. And I was like, "Look, man, if you're ever," and he doesn't, he doesn't tabletop game. I'm like, if you ever want to get into like. Hex Encounter Wargaming. I can totally hook you up. You know, I, I got a guy there. You know a guy. And I know I th- a guy. I think we have a listener from Kalamazoo, Michigan, which is about an hour south of here. Or at one point, somebody from Kalamazoo has listened to us before. It is, so. weird. It is weird. Just That's like um, one of those towns I heard in like Bugs Bunny growing up. Like it doesn't even sound like it's real. You know, it's in uh, It's in the Johnny Cash 
uh, uh, I don't know what it's called. Is it? Uh, I've been everywhere. I'm not sure what the actual title of it is. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I know what you're talking about. Everywhere Man, I think. I think so. I think yeah. you're right. Yeah. So, but they mentioned Kalamazoo in there. Um. Yeah. I know. I've mentioned uh, to you guys about like doing the beer exchange. Um. I got so far as to have purchased and packed one box. Oh. The okay. Other, I gotta get busy then. The other box, it has beer sitting in it, but it isn't packed. Cause you have to pack that like really, really good. Otherwise, like the the post office catches on to what you're doing, and or it could get dropped, and then you get the strange liquid you know, licking out and they call a hazmat team and it's, it's a whole thing, you know, you don't want to do that because you have to lie to them and say, when they say, is there anything liquid in there? You go, no, not at all. Not Did at you write all. not beer on the outside? Not beer included. Yeah. Is. Well, I mean, that was like the joke, you know, when you send your friends packages, like you write on the outside, like dildos, you know, <laughs> or, you know, sex toys or, you know, pornography, something, you know, you know, on it to embarrass them. But Roy, you're making your own beer. Still? Yes. So this will be my third batch of beer. It's a batch of Scotch ale. Ooh. Nice. Um, so that's. Uh, I think it'll probably end up being about a four percent ABV. Um, but it's uh, so it's been sitting in the fermenter for a week, and then uh, probably in another week I'll I'll uh, put it in bottles. So. Ooh, but it's kind of fun to to watch it bubble away, and it was it was a real fast. Um, onset of, of fermentation like typically it's maybe a day but i uh, i pitched the yeast and it was within the hour was bubbling and then within about three hours had a nice thick uh head of foam on top of it um as it's the uh, croissant is what the the head of, of foam on top is what they call um so yeah that's uh it's down there just kind of doing its thing so do you, like, ever feel tempted to go, like, bubble, bubble, boil, and tubble, you know? That, okay. Well, no, but when it's when that the bubbler is going, I like to stick my nose, like, right up against it and take a deep hit of uh, of the CO2 off of the, <laughs> off of the bottle. You can kind of tell what it's, what it's going to taste like just from the smell. Hmm. Okay. Oh. Yeah. And, I, uh, I've had friends oh. that did it, but I never noticed, like, I the only thing I've been... I've witnessed was like we're okay. It was a big pot, and he was boiling something, and it mm -hmm. had like a a, a big bag that you know, like it was like a big giant tea bag almost, and it had stuff mm -hmm. in it. And uh, I'm familiar with that and something called wort, W-O-R-T. Yep. So after you uh, after you steep, so I do like the the real serious um, brewers will do an all grain. So like it's all they're doing is grain and they're steeping it in hot water and then that's the uh, the wort is kind of the the proto beer essentially it's like a sugar water. Um, I have not gotten to that point yet, so I do extract uh, brewing where you have a little bit of grain that you steep uh, and then you kind of uh, augment that with some um, some liquid uh, malt extract. Or dried malt extract, and it's basically it's like uh, uh, molasses in a can. But the uh, the more involved thing is to go all grain, where you um, yeah you don't use any kind of extract or anything. Hmm. Okay, I like how Richard he said he was like you know the the professional guys like me 
do this. And, you know. <laughs> oh no, that's not me at all. No, I'm still I'm still working off of kits. So you can go and buy a kit for about uh, well, it varies anywhere from maybe twenty five to uh, maybe sixty dollars to um, and like you get the kit and it has the grain, it has the tube sack that you put the the grain in. And it has the yeast and the and the malt extract and a lot of them will come with uh, bottle caps too. Cool. So uh, it's just all in one. We had a local shop that opened up after stuff got legal, and uh, sadly it it didn't survive COVID. Mm. It it was That's called it was called Brew Haha. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So all yeah. Right. You could get like beer and cheese making supplies there, so just for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, and is there then an I'm... overlap there? That seems without without knowing not much about how to make beer. Is that are they the same ingredients to some degree, or that seems uh, odd to me? Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't I mean, know anything about baking either. A lot of places that that deal in uh, beer brewing will also deal in wine making supplies too. Oh, um, okay. So wine and I don't know, maybe and cheese. Get cheesy wine. You. <laughs> uh, <laughs> look, all I know about that is um, you know, the, the stereotype for wine making is the the ladies pressing the grapes with their feet. I think mm-hmm. I think it was a uh, I Love Lucy sketch. And uh, famously, there is a uh, one of the actual early YouTube things that everybody passed around. the news reporter? Yes, like slips oh. and falls live and like really hurts herself. <laughs> I'll link that in the show notes so you can decide to either cringe or laugh. Oh yeah, that that moaning she does after she yes. does a header out oh, of the tub. Is... <laughs> oh yes, oh yeah, it's just awful, 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 awful. <laughs> mm. yeah, so as far there. as oh. I was just I was gonna move on. What, what were you gonna say? No, I was just saying I'll link it in the show notes. Okay. Uh, the beer that I'm drinking right now is a local beer called um, it's Salted Caramel Porter from a place called Pigeon Hill Brewing, and uh, I've never been to their tap room, but I was gonna read you some of the uh, beer names on tap at the Pigeon Hill Brewing Company tap room. There's Beach Please, <laughs> which is, is a summer ale. Um, uh, Cinnamon on French toast, Fugly Good Looker, LMFAO Stout, which is Let Me Fetch an Oatmeal Stout, um, and No Dignity Juicy IPA, which th- I've seen that uh, in my beer section, and it has chunk from um, uh, the Goonies on the cover or on the label of it. Um, so anyway, you you guys may end up getting some Pigeon Hill Brewing beer. Okay. Sounds neat. I just I think of you know it's a big it's a hill made of pigeons instead of like actual you know pigeons on the hill. But whatever. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Left. Yeah. Left to my own devices, I'll start talking about the parrots of Tele- Telegraph Hill in um, San Francisco. But you know anyway. And but, so uh, and then following on from our Thundercats discussion last time around, I was enjoyed uh, happy to see that. Uh, uh, the original series is on Hulu right now. Really? So you can go get your Thundercats fix on Hulu. Huh. I think, um... Yeah, see, I could start doing reaction videos. Isn't, isn't that what all the hip kids are, are doing now? 
I could react to the different Thundercats episodes. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Again, yeah, sorry. So people are just going to watch you watch Thundercats. Yes, that's the thing. Look, I don't understand it. I don't understand it until, like, my kids got, like, really internet and social media savvy, and they started following these streamers and and content creators on YouTube. And that is, like, a thing. You react to it. So I should start, you uh, to follow along in the podcast, I should start doing reaction videos to, like, uh, like the GMT Monthly email or something, you know. It'd be, it's Apparently, like a, I have a lot less spare time than everyone else does. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Anyway, well, don't we play some stuff? What did you play this week, Roy? Uh, see, I played some... I've been playing a lot of Puerto Rico, still in Board Game Arena. Uh, we're getting kind of close to having in-person game night again. Um, I'm looking at maybe having a Halloween party, by the way. Well, I think it'd be kind of fun to craft a uh, an escape room in my basement. Um, <laughs> okay, okay, Roy. No, 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 no. See, when people sorry, pay I... when people pay money to go do it, that's an escape room. When you do it, you're in <laughs> an episode of Criminal Minds. That's 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 what they say. Yeah. Sorry, that was that was a little bit of a left turn. I was just thinking about in person game nights, and I think that uh, if we have a Halloween party, that we may end up, uh, you know, of course that'll be a, a game night too, but it'll be. It'll be spooky. We'll play Betrayal at House on the Hill, and I can I can lock people in my basement. Look, I st- yeah I still get a kick out of that. I was like, okay, Roy, uh, I'm gonna come over to your uh, Halloween party. What are we doing? Oh, I've got an escape room. It's in my basement. No, he's uh, not gonna tell you. He's just gonna say, hey, Adam, I think I've got that beer you like down in the basement. <laughs> Could you go get it for me? <laughs> ah, yes, yeah, absolutely. Boy, this rag smells funny. We just, we smell it. <laughs> just take a deep whiff out of it. Does this cloth smell like ether to you? <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I'm playing uh, Puerto Rico. I'm playing Stone Age, and I played uh, this time with a new expansion called the Mammoths. Um, so it's each turn, the Mammoth goes to a different area. And if you go to that, so like in, in Stone Age, you're going to collect. Um, food or um, sticks or bricks or stone or gold. So there's various areas you go to. If there's a mammoth there, you can choose to try to tame a mammoth to help you out. Um, so that uh, was a new expansion that I hadn't played with before, and I played with that. Um, so it's, we all pretty much like Stone Age around here, and it's... it's uh, the the mechanics of the of the game don't really change that very much, but the, all these little expansions kind of um, just kind of add on to um, the the game as it as it uh, goes along. It doesn't really change a whole lot. It just adds more to it. Um, and then I played uh, Lost Cities, which is a two player game, and it kind of fits that coffee shop uh, role of a, of a small footprint game. And it's a it's a game where you're, and I guess the new version has six suits, but the version that I have has five, and you're it's about going on an expedition. So if you, the cards are numbered from two to ten, in five or in the new version six suits, and you have to play them from lowest to highest. So if you play a four, you can't play a three or a two, and the idea is to get. 
really ideally you want to get at least 20 points because when you decide to go on an expedition you're making a financial investment in it and you end up 20 points in the hole so um if you play like the 8 9 10 that's 27 points you subtract 20 from that your points for that round in that suit is seven uh and then if you um there's some other cards that allow you to double and triple your investment. So instead of seven, you'd get, you know, 14 or 21 points. Uh, but it's a very quick uh, two-player game called Lost Cities. Now, is this what the kids call a trick-taking game? No, it is not. Okay. Um, you So you have a hand of eight cards, and so you look at your hand and you say, okay, well, I'm, I'm pretty decent in this suit that I could get, you know, beyond 20 points but i think i want to linger if so like if i have a if i have like a six a six eight ten in blue well that's pretty decent but ideally i'd want to get like maybe a four down first um so you have to build up and of course you're you don't know what your opponent's going to try to do too so they may be holding that five and so you you know kind of have to like well, maybe I'll draw it. Maybe they'll discard it. Um, but it seems like people will hold things like that in their hand, and then if they choose to discard it, they'll wait until after it's useless to you, or until at, they'll wait until it's use, use, useless to you to uh, discard it. Okay, so it sounds almost kind of like hearts, where you you kind of pass like what you what you don't want. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, I suppose. I don't know. It's um, it's a it's a Reiner Kinesia game. Um, I don't even know if I call it like hearts. Yeah, um, so, yeah. Sorry, sorry, folks. This I I'm sorry. I yeah. I know I normally don't try to be a big boy and talk about like uh, game mechanics, as you can see why. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, because it's I'm just like you know, Roy. That sounds like hearts, and you're like, no, no, that it's not like that, Adam. No. Okay, um, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> but I, I, I do. I don't know how to how to describe it. Um, no, no, no. That's okay. That's okay. I shouldn't have said anything. I yeah, because yeah, I'm, right. I'm terrible with that. I'm terrible with that. But I do right. appreciate the Indiana Jones aesthetic of it. Yeah, and the um, the one of the neat things about the suits is that if you lay out the cards in order, it makes a little picture. It makes a mural. Oh, nice. So. Uh, one of the they're on the board game geek link we have with the third image. You can see all the suits laid out, and it makes a kind of a cool painting. Right, you guys see that? That's one, two. You said the third one? A fourth one. I think. Oh, okay. For, yeah, fourth one. Oh so, yeah. So you lay them out in order, and it makes a kind of a cool <laughs> bit of artwork. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Cool. Um. So then I played uh, some cribbage with my dad. Uh, he was over visiting last weekend. Not not euchre cribbage. No. Nope. All right. In what real you life with the sir? board and everything. You betcha. Yep. We were not social distancing. <laughs> Do, is it like a thing like where one of you is really good and lets the other one win, or does it kind of go back and forth? It's. Let's see. I think we played maybe two games, and he, he I, I think we split it. Actually, we're both, I think, pretty decent at it. So we, you know, we we trade back and forth the the wins and losses. Hmm. Okay. 
Yeah, that's one that, yeah, I need to spend some time doing some card games. I don't know. Mm -hmm. It's, uh, I have a friend who is actually younger than me who has always shown an interest in Bridge, I think, which is a, which is a trick-taking game, I think. Uh, okay, mm -hmm. I'm gonna, I'm gonna shut up. No, no, no. I'm, I don't Yeah, I, I think it is. I think you're, you're on it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, he's, he's mentioned that before, and, and I'm, I always think, like, I'm not an old white lady, so why would I want to, <laughs> why would I want to play bridge? But, I don't know, maybe it's good. Anyway. Um, uh, I got to play some stuff. If you follow us on t social media, Twitter and, uh, YouTube mainly, also, uh, Facebook, you saw where I participated in and live-streamed one table at our Star Wars Legion tournament. So did you guys mm -hmm. did you guys watch any of it at all? Just curious. I did not. I, ah. Sorry, I did not either. Okay. Although I did see your uh, I upvoted your your uh, your Reddit thread about it. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, that was nice. And uh, I did I, see that. I would I will say like if you don't watch anything else, the thing I'm most proudest of is round three on the YouTube channel because uh, it's. It's my friend JD playing against um, my friend, other guy, who did uh, 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 droids. And JD fielded uh, a Tauntaun list, a Tauntaun heavy list. And mm -hmm. I took it upon myself to edit the Tauntaun sounds in every time he moved a Tauntaun. <laughs> and when they died, I did a smash cut to uh, Han Solo's is his tauntaun going and falling over in um in uh <laughs> empire strikes back so yeah I'm, yep. the, I'm the most proudest of that i was actually going to like um edit in like the droids being shot because there's a really great shot from like episode one of a droid being hit with something and he just goes like and just falls over but i was i got really too tired i was very i that caused the editing those caused me a good three or four days of frustration because of software issues I was having, and I ended up having to update a speaker driver of all the freaking things. A speaker driver was causing me problems in editing it. Anyway, so took me four days to figure that out. Pissed me off. Yeah. Um, so I lost, like, every game, of course. Uh, I think I posted it on Twitter, uh, what I did. The first one, I think I ended up paired with this guy... At the last Legion tournament, he's a really good player. And so I came in with my half-assed Legion list that my friend helped me that I really didn't know how to run. And uh, he was playing Tedgong. No, what, I, I think it was Rebels Empire. I don't know. Anyway, I lost that one. And then I ended up facing... Empire was my last one. My second to last one was um, Clones. And then I cannot remember what my second one was. But yeah, the the most interesting thing I took away from the whole thing is Dad Gumblea has Orbital Strike. And yeah, she's pretty fun. She's she's in my main list. I was like, why in the world would I? I didn't even know that. I'm like, oh, I don't want to play with I don't want to play with the girl doll. So I'm not gonna, <laughs> you know, I'm not gonna field her. I didn't. I never even looked. I'm sorry. I guess I'm horribly sexist. I should have. I discounted her completely because she was the girl doll, and I wanted to play with the GI Joe doll. So 
Yes, she has this incredible thing. It is very, very incredible in the first fucking turn. I lost an entire unit and half of two more in the first turn. And it's it's their orbital strike. She's she's good for taking on snipers, too. Yes, yeah, yeah. Snipers can be a real pain in the butt, but she can knock them right off the board. So, go ahead. Can somebody describe what it does to me? So it's a, it's an attack that you get with your command card. Yeah. Um, so um, she uh, so she gets it when she when she activates. But it's a I if I remember correctly, it's a, it's a range four plus strike. So it has to be far away. Mm-hmm. Um, but you get like I think you get two red dice and you get three different shots. So. Okay. It's very similar to what Virus has. Ah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I've got it here. Um, and I'll I'll have it linked in the uh, the show notes. It uh it is caused uh caused it is called coordinated bombardment. And uh yes, at the end of Leia's activation, she may perform up to three attacks against different enemy units using the following weapon. And it's range it has it's over range four, so of course you're gonna want to use this in uh the first turn. And uh it's two red dice. Yes, yeah, mm-hmm. she killed she wiped out my sniper squad. That was everybody mm-hmm. wiped out my sniper squad. That was super expensive, <laughs> and uh, yeah, just annoying. So, um, uh, yeah, I, so I thought that was really cool. What does Veers do? He has a very similar ability. It's called I think his uh, is called maximum max- firepower. Yeah, yep. Very similar ability, but it's slightly you know it's his instead of hers. So I don't remember same number of dice or whatever, but it's similar. It's a command card. Look, I have a shitload of problems with armor in that game, and I apparently are the only one. Everybody else is like, eh, I just ignore it. And I'm like, look, I tried to ignore it, and it killed my entire army. So, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, armor's funny, because even if you're just rolling white dice, I mean, you just, you need crits to get through it. So, honestly, I don't, I do every time I've ever tried to plan for armor by taking a lot of, um, it's not called Pierce. I'm drawing a blank on what it's called. Um, the thing that gets through armor. Anyway, oh, I, know, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Anytime I've ever tried to plan for it, it hasn't really worked out for me. So I think fishing for crits is usually better with armor. Is that blast? No, blast is different. Blast okay. ignores cover, I think. Ah, it's been a while since I played. I've been mm-hmm. trying to get it on the board with my daughters last few weeks, and it just never quite came up. So. Hmm. I've got some stuff ready to go, but, you know, I can't play in person because I don't live in Mississippi, and my daughters haven't played with me, so I haven't played. It's been, I think it might be, well, it was definitely since before COVID. I think it was probably February or so was the last time I played. Um, I know, like, I noticed, like, okay, one guy beat me, and, um, and look, it, it was like I gave him whatever he wanted for Christmas. I, it literally was like the eyes of a child on Christmas morning. He was that happy to get a win. I was like, wow. I felt like I, I made a difference in the world today by losing <laughs> to this guy. Not that I, lo- I lost deliberately. He did beat me, and he was just like that. And then, and then, come to find out, like, later on, we have this group, we have this group chat going, uh, locally, um, various different games. Anyway, in the Legion chat, 
of he, I, I, you know, I don't know if you guys follow, do like social media um, group chats, but a lot of times you could wake up in the morning, have having gone to bed at a decent hour, and there is a whole discussion that's like 30 whatever deep on it. And anyway, he threw himself a little pity party about his performance of it. And he specifically said, and I quote, he's like, yeah, I can, I'm, I'm a terrible player. I can only beat Adam. Oh. <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> so That's third degree burns right I'm there. Like, so what, I'm like, what are you saying? <laughs> I'm like, yes, everyone beat me there. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, okay. I'm, I mean, I'm not saying I'm good. At, <laughs> you didn't have to call me by name. You could have said something like, I don't win that often. There was no need to, you know, bring my name up. So, I'm just saying. Agreed. Uh, so, Virus's ability, maximum firepower, it's only one attack, but it's four red dice. And he has impact, too. That's the word I was looking for, was impact. Uh, ooh, okay. So, forget Leia. I should I should do Empire and Veers. Well, but he only gets one, and she gets three, so... Oh, it's, that's true. You know, it's a little different, think, but it's the same type of thing. I think my Wookiees got, got uh, taken out, or, you know, severely hampered with uh, Virus's like, maximum firepower, as I recall once. I definitely knew enough to shoot those when I saw them. Um, <laughs> you want to kill them before they get to you, because they, they'll, yeah. make, they'll make you dead. Uh, Jen fought a, fought a group of them and killed two of them before they brought her down. So that mm. was kind of cool. Wow. And uh, trying to think anything else interesting. Oh yeah, a guy fielded, it's a two ATST and Vader list. With, wow. With, That's with, a lot of points in three units. Yeah, it is. The, well, the main thing is you do not have a lot of activations. So it would be like... Yeah, because yeah. I mean, you have to have, if you're playing an 800-point game, it's a minimum of three trooper units. So I guess you're just talking about, like, three naked stormtroopers, yep. right? that's what he had, yep. I think he actually ended up having four, I think. I can't remember. Anyway, he was actually lower in points than me, and I was, like, at 793. So, mm -hmm. yeah, he just he didn't have anything to, to put in it. And, um, yeah. They perform really, really well on the table. Enough that I was like, I I did destroy one, and I also killed Vader, but oh. um, the you know the rest of it got me. Look, I the thing my MVP was that Dagum Speeder. It is awesome. I want to run two. They it they annoy the hell out of people. They have uh you know a range of fire out of both ends. They're just awesome. Loved it. Oh, oh, the airspeeder, the T-47. Yes. Oh, I oh. haven't played that since, like, the first month the game came out. Now, I, I, I played that, the, uh... and then I got some other stuff, and I never got it put back on the table. I thought you meant the, the land spear. No, yeah, oh, that's yeah. what I thought he Sorry, meant sorry. There. Yeah, that is Luke's shitty technical. Yeah. <laughs> Which, if you don't subscribe to that subreddit, I highly recommend it. The shitty technicals subreddit. It's literally just pictures of weapons you know, welded onto vehicles to make <laughs> crappy armored whatever. Anyway, I think of that's the Rebel Alliance's shitty technical. The, I want to play ASL with nothing but those. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the amount of firepower that damn thing puts out, though. I had one guy sick that on me, and they roll a lot of dice. 
So we're I'm, talking about the land speeder now. Yes, yes. Sorry, yeah, okay, I know yep. we get really confusing. Yes, the the la- Luke's old car. Yeah, <laughs> Luke's old car. His, yeah, his uh, his Tatooine El Camino. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That thing. <laughs> The Rebels just put a bunch of honking guns on it, and it, it's pretty bad. Rolls a lot of dice. And uh, the next thing I, I played, it's always great when you actually get to play a game uh, that you've had rule books for forever, and have just you kind of flip through it, and you're like, ah, I just like the pictures. This looks a little too complicated for me. And uh, yeah, your friend sits you down and shows you how to play it. And anyway. I played Black Powder from Warlord Games, and uh, it was a hell of a lot of fun and infinitely easier and faster than I thought it would be. We, um, if you you can see the pictures on Twitter, even Warlord retweeted them because my friend Chad is a super duper good painter who knows his history as well, so everything is painted correctly. And all the little bibs and bobs and tassels and all that stuff is is painted. And yeah, everybody's got eyeballs and pupils. It looks really, really good. So we're doing this game on... We pushed two tables together. So it was 4 by 8 No, sorry, 4 by 12 is what we played on. So this huge thing. It had terrain on it. And each side probably had anywhere from three to 500 figures on each side in 28 millimeter. And so what, what blew me away was how fast the game goes. You can, uh, you have to roll your dice to see like how many orders you can give and to move them, you can actually give them three orders and move them 18 inches in one go. So, I mean, already they're halfway, just about halfway across the freaking table. So mm-hmm. it was really, really neat. And once you get into it, you know, in a fight, it goes pretty fast. They die. So this, it, it is really a fast, fast-paced mass battle rule set, I think is how I would describe it. And my friend is like, yeah, it's a very European set. I think Rick Priestley was one of the authors for it. And, you know, that's what they do. They want to put together a big table with hundreds of figures each side, and they want to be able to play it in an afternoon. And so that's where this rule set came from. So I really dug it, and um, yeah, you can see the pictures at Chance of Gaming on Twitter, and uh, yeah, and hope to play it again at some point. And the uh, other thing I did, the only other thing I did, was uh, this past weekend I was a range officer, a volunteer range officer for the... um, National Rifle League 22 Championship. We were in Georgia, uh, not Georgia, um, Tennessee. And it was nice. It was actually nice up there. It was about 10 degrees cooler than it was normally in Mississippi, but still brutally hot. And, uh, yeah, it was two days. It was three days total, two days of competition. And, uh, yeah, I had to be there at, like, 9 a.m. the first day and then 6 a.m. the second day and sit in the sun all day. So, so, yeah, it was really interesting. Um, A local, a guy local to me, and I'll have, if you even care, I'll have the results posted in the show notes. Um, A local guy who always places number one in our local matches, he shot uh, fourth overall out of it's it's about 120 people but people dropped out 
or didn't show up as it went. Um, you know, there I, I saw one, maybe two examples of people taking their ball and going home, just frustrated at their performance or their equipment's performance. And uh, yeah, uh, one thing I found interesting. A 14 14- bad carpenter that blames his tools. Yeah, I know exactly. I say that all the time uh, <laughs> when people like roll dice and complain about it. I'm like, it's, I'm like, it's, it's a poor carpenter that blames his tools. One thing I found interesting: uh, the, a 14 year old girl placed fifth overall, and for the most part, this is the championship match. So the, you're shooting against the best of the best of the best, and uh, she's professional. She's sponsored. And uh, she's 14. She, How much is her rifle worth? I, I don't know. That's the thing is she has a sponsorship. So, you know, it's free to her, but I don't know. I, I would probably say she's she shoots in young gun, but it normally she, I guess, would be an open, which means, yeah, it's whatever. I mean, it's probably a three to $5,000 rig for a 22 if you can believe that. Can you imagine like just for the sc- Actually, I would have guessed higher than that without seeing her or anything. I would have guessed 10 grand if she's that that good and So, if this is a 22 caliber rifle league, are we talking about like a 22 long rifle like a smooth bore or is this a rifled barrel? It they're rifled. I, okay, yes. so it's not your standard, you know, varmint rifle then. No, no, no. These okay. are designed to get that freaking thing out as far as it can. Mm-hmm. The uh, the bolts are designed to you know go fast and have a nice smooth you know thing to it. Uh, the ammo that you shoot is like really really good. Mm-hmm. I, I know when I got into this, I was so like, they don't buy the stuff that's like a thousand for ten dollars. <laughs> <laughs> no, like that box. Yeah, the box of five hundred. Yeah, for like yeah eight bucks. So they're saving their brass. They're reloading everything. They're uh, putting. No, you can't reload rimfire. Oh, okay, yep. All right. Or yeah, I, I didn't know that. That was that's a thing. I mean, I can't imagine what a pain in the ass it would be anyway because they're so small. But mm-hmm. because of the way it's designed, because it's rimfire, the charger uh, the, that ignites the powder is you know whatever on the inside. You can't reload those. Mm-hmm. So just interesting. So well, when we were. Yeah. Talking about this before, we talked about the 22 is a 5.56 millimeter. Isn't that the like the isn't that a NATO round? Uh, is it 22 caliber and like there's some military uh, ammo that's I thought was 5.56. is bigger, isn't it? Isn't that like no? That's 22. That's 22 huh. caliber. Oh my gosh! So people are gonna are yell are gonna be yelling. Uh, well, at, so at no, there was. Uh, <laughs> Mitch on Twitter was was commenting on on our uh, uh, back and forth with with twenty two cal versus millimeters. Yeah, about, I, yeah, I, I was actually doing math. I was scrolling to uh, to look that up, and um, Mike from Alter Dementia also <laughs> texted me something. He's like, "Oh yeah, I'm just getting caught up with that." Tell Roy this. So hang on, talk amongst yourselves. Why? I'm oh, all right. Find it. Well. To get a little political here, uh, we're kind of seeing the imminent demise of the NRA. So is oh, yeah. are things like the National Rifle League, is that going to supplant and take over kind of not necessarily the politics, but more of the – like back in the day, the NRA was about like hunting and hunter safety and yeah. gun actually safety. There's actually another group. I can't remember what they're called, but it's something like the National Gun Owners Association where it seems like – 
the people I've talked to that used to kind of be into the NRA and now are not so much. Mm -hmm. um, National Gun Owners Association is more about the people and the gun owners, whereas the NRA is more about the manufacturers and the politics. Mm -hmm. okay. If anybody's going to supplant them as what they were, I think it would be. And again, it's I, that's probably not the name, but it's something like that. Mm. Okay. Well, look, let's talk about that for a minute. Uh, there, there's a couple of things I wanted to uh, to mention. Like one thing is like, okay, it's I'm my life, my situation, whatever is kind of odd in the sense of the people I know, the people I'm friends with, my family, whatever, are very different. I know a lot of different people, especially politically. I mean, the reality is if you lean left at all, there's not a lot of people like that here in the South, especially mm -hmm. in, in Mississippi. So, um... I very much believe in like uh, being like a responsible gun owner. I am not one of these just insane uh, Second Amendment guys, you know. I, I, you know, I believe in like a lot of different stuff. Okay, but first off, yeah, yeah, the NRA is, yeah, it, I really think it is going away because where where they lost me completely was uh, the guy. Uh, he was a concealed carry holder. And he was shot and killed by the police because sure up in oh. Minnesota, I think. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's that's where that's where they lost me completely because they should have said something. They should have been at the forefront, but they didn't because a cop killed him. So they mm -hmm. made a choice between: Are we going to support blindly support the police, or are we blind? Are we going to actually make a stand for? What we say we believe in. And look, when all that stuff was kicking off in Portland and stuff a few months ago, I thought it was hysterical. People were posting, I think The Onion posted something like, oh, Wayne Lapeer from the uh, the NRA wakes up and realizes, oops, I forgot to uh, stop government uh, oppression. Sure, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the whole reason why we exist, you know, the whole reason the Second Amendment is supposed to exist, you know, and no. No, they didn't do anything. They didn't say anything. Because uh, they're like, no, 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 we're we're all about police. I'm like, well, then you're not about like the average gun owner, mm -hmm. even even though maybe the average gun owner does back the blue or whatever the hell. It's still, I don't like it. I do not like it at all, and it made me really mad. So, well, um, yeah, the uh, the New York Attorney General is is essentially dissolving the NRA, saying revoking their uh, um, nonprofit status. Yeah, I mean, never mind, you know, all that fucking Russian stuff that yeah. they, they got caught up in, you know? I mean, that's crazy. How can you just ignore that? But, yeah, they don't actually stick up for gun owners. They've just become a lobby group. Mm -hmm. And, like, the NRL is the National Rifle League, and all they do is just promote, promote this sport. But, granted, mm -hmm. they, you know, they're only a couple of years old, so, you know, I'm just going to go out on a limb and say they aren't lobbying you know for anything or whatever mm -hmm. you know i'll also say like going to these matches either locally na or nationally whatever it's it is odd for me because it's it's a hell of a lot of maga going on you know mm -hmm. and, oh yeah you know and i just you know i don't buy any of the, into any of that shit you know 
I don't want to see your witty T-shirt, you know, your your liberal hunting permit, and you know all that dumb shit. You know, <laughs> yeah. I I don't. So I mean, I you know, I'm not going to say anything. And it kills me though, because it's like you know the people will be so nice, so very very nice, and you know, and and all this stuff, and yeah. Just occasionally in talking about something, I think COVID, somebody went off on it not being real or something. And I just kind of just walked away. So, but yeah, it's just really weird. Like uh, I want to be able to like post a cool picture of me, you know, like everybody that I shoot with does. Like where you have on your you have on your like your cool uh, glasses that protect your eyes and mm-hmm. uh, your hat, and you're holding your gun up and you look kind of cool. I want to post that. But then, like, the people I know that, like, lean left that hate, you know, guns and stuff would, you know, say shit. And so I don't. <laughs> so, you know, it's in. But then I go to these things and I don't feel comfortable either because it's all MAGA all the time. So uh, it's it's a weird spot to be in. Uh, yeah. The, the phrase that Dan Savage, you know, Dan Savage? Yeah. Uh, you, I mean, OK. Uh, yeah. He uses the phrase gun humpers. It's kind of the the Second Amendment folks. Absolutely, and it, look, I I there's quite a few. You see people with "We the People" tattoos and have "We the People" on their guns, and you know all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, come mm-hmm. on, guys, all you care about really is just the Second Amendment. You don't give a shit about the rest of the Constitution, like the Establishment Clause, or you know any mm-hmm. of this other thing. The two or three amendments that Trump has violated in his you know, time as president, you don't care about that. All you care about is the Second Amendment. Mm-hmm. So, and, I mean, and only part of it. Yeah, and, and for me, it's it's like uh, I found like there's liberal gun owners on Reddit. That is a really good subreddit that you know talks about. So, I, I mean, that's the thing for me too. I just like to target shoot. That's all I like to do. I don't want to. I don't want to carry a gun. I don't want to, you know, mm-hmm. um, conceal carry, and I, I certainly don't want to ever shoot anybody. So you know, I'm not all about that. You know, cold dead hands and shit and like whatever. If they take them all away, I guess I'll go finally Find learn a different hobby. I'll go yeah. learn ASL. You know, it's but you know you kind of end up in that problem with. People will take something, whatever it is, and make their entire personality about it. That, that and that's awful. And the easiest example of that are stoners, people that their entire personality is built around. They smoke weed, you know. Mm-hmm. So hey, they they listen to Bob Marley, you know. That weed is all they talk about. Every joke they have, every shirt they have, every sticker they have, you know, their entire personality is built around that. So. You get that with a lot of gun folks, you know, you will now see, I would never put a sticker advertising a brand of guns on my car because that encourages someone to smash your window and look for it in there while you're asleep. But I see a lot of those car covered with, you know, whatever and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Back off me or you're going to get shot or whatever, you know, so. you know, they ought to mash up the MAGA hat with the Rasta hat. <laughs> So you have the Rasta hat with Make America Great Again on it. Yeah. I, I do like the the red one in the same font. It looks just like a MAGA hat, and it says, Made you look, Black Lives Matter. Oh, yep. Yeah. So, I don't know. 
So, I mean, yeah, that's that's the whole thing, you know, you, you kind of end up in. I will say it's not, it was not an all-white thing. I mean, it was probably not as diverse as anyone would like it to be. But you did have minority shooters there, which is, you know, it's great. Because you don't want to just be like, you know, this all-white thing. Mm-hmm. You know, because that, I don't know, just... You bunch of white people together with guns, it makes me uncomfortable. That's just me. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's nice that it it had a little bit of diversity. I would probably say around five, ten percent at most. But, you know. So And yeah. I bet those guys all knew each other or knew of each other. Well, I, I, if were I a minority, I would not want to go to one of those things by myself. You know, I that, I, I will say, Roy, I now that I think about it, I didn't see one Confederate flag. So that's good. That's huh? that's good. Yeah. Well, and especially for Tennessee. I mean, that's, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm not trying to speak ill of, of the South, but I'm just saying that that's the sort of thing where you might see that see more of that. Oh, I will, but you know, because I'm I'm here. Oh and, wow. Okay. Yeah, I, I was texting I was texting Richard because you I just you. Knew, I just knew my 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 friend my close personal friend Richard, who's a big Civil War gamer, would know about something around where I was because I, I passed like a civil war thing and I was like what and I look it up on Wikipedia and sure enough there was a battle around here and I'm like oh maybe they do hmm. this battle in that what is that uh game like something beyond the clouds or something like that rich yeah but beyond the clouds is uh eastern Tennessee ah, above the clouds see above the clouds is eastern Tennessee that's over there by Chattanooga <laughs> okay yeah, see, I, I, yeah, see, you were I, just south of Nashville. I mean, there's right. a, obviously a very famous Battle of Nashville, but the Battle of Columbia, I mean, like you said, there was a battle there, but I hadn't really heard of it. Yeah, just curious, you know, because I don't know. I mean, you know let's, let's, let's be fair. There was a battle pretty much everywhere in Tennessee. It was a border state. It was fought heavily over. So. Yeah, that is very true, very true. But, um, I guess Kentucky was the border state, but Tennessee was the northern border of the Confederacy, so, yeah. So uh, I guess I got off on a, uh, <coughs> a a tangent, but um, what I was going to mention was yes, okay, I talked about Allison Zane, the fourteen-year-old uh, girl who was very very skilled and it was cool. Her dad shot too, as well, and uh, so did her mom. So it was kind of a family thing. Uh, there were a couple of those, which is like nice, you know, either father and sons or sometimes mom, dad, and two daughters. That, that were doing it. So, yeah. It's just target shooting. And I love the the skill that is in it. I especially love it because I don't have it. <laughs> like, where you have to move. And what always gets me is target memorization. Like, engage this one at, at 50 and 60. Now go back to 50, 60, 75. Now go back to 60, 75. Do 100 twice. Now do 110, 135. Yeah, I can never remember that. And these guys, <laughs> oh, these guys, wow. these guys would just like look at it and just like, okay, I got this, or you know, write it down on their dope card, which is a term, which is fa- fascinating to me. It actually stands for something, D O P E. But uh, yeah, it's just neat, and I just really, really enjoy target shooting. I always have as a kid since I got like my first not Nerf gun, whatever we had before Nerf. It was just, you know, you'd set up some uh, cans or uh, solo cups or whatever. And same thing with a mm-hmm. BB gun. I never wanted to shoot birds or anything like that, you know. 
I wanted to shoot cans. Ah, I tell you what, when they invented um, Diet Barks, which is literally one of the most disgusting diet drinks known to man, <laughs> my dad brought home like two or three cases of it because he thought my mom was going to like it. Well, it's disgusting. It is horrible. So nobody wanted it. So all that stuff sat out like under our carport forever. And my brother and I figured we we could act like they were explosives. So we would take them and shake them up and like put them on stuff and shoot it with a BB gun. And it they blow up. It's fantastic. It's like a, <laughs> you get a little BB hole on one side and the entire other side of the can splits open and it just sprays everywhere. So, you know, that kind of stuff was fun. So I really like the, just the target shooting with rifles. A lot of fun. And, you know, it's a pretty big organization. You probably have one in your area. And so, yeah. Oh yeah. I meant to text you, Roy, when I was there and the text I was going to send you is, People from Minnesota trying to tell me I have an accent. Do you? I don't think you do. <laughs> they the, the lady goes, you honestly think you don't have an accent? She's like, yeah, <laughs> I honestly think it. I can't do a, a Minnesota one offhand, you know. And I'm like, well, no, I guess I'm around people that sound like me. So, no, do you not think you have one? Because I, I knew... You were from Minnesota before I ever saw you. I heard you coming. Yeah, thank you, Ted Gunderson. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah, and we actually got to be kind of friendly with a couple of them, my wife and I, and one of them said something that I meant to ask her about, like, what does that mean? And it was something about uh, this that's being Minnesota passive-aggressive. And she said it, and I just wanted to know, what is the context? What, oh, is, that, what is it like? To translate to into Southern, I think it's, uh, uh, oh, bless your heart. Mm, okay. I guess so. And uh, I guess the only other thing I do, uh, I've been doing is now that I've passed over into 54 followers on Twitch, I you can actually subscribe to me, and I can get money and all this stuff. And uh, so I've been streaming a lot lately, and people have been watching. So, yeah, it's a chance of gaming at Twitch. Watch me play video games really poorly. So there you go. So what about you, Rich? Uh, he wakes up. He's like, what? Yeah, I know. Yeah, so, oh, we're going to talk about games? <laughs> so I haven't been playing that much. Um, mostly the biggest game that I've been playing is studying for my PMP certification. So... Um, but I did, I did play a couple games with my daughter. She went back to school this weekend, so she got to pick all the games last weekend. And we played, um, well, my little one for her birthday got uh, Harry Potter Death Eaters Rising, which I've talked in the past about Thanos Rising, which is a, a Marvel-themed game where you, you know, gather up heroes and try to take down Thanos before he gets all the Infinity Stones. Well, there's a Harry Potter version of it as well where you, it's, very similar, obviously, where you fight uh, Voldemort, but it's got enough differences in it that it's not literally just a different skin of the same game. You know, there's there's locations, and you, instead of Voldemort trying to collect Infinity Stones, you have to eventually get to a point where you can battle him directly, and it's interesting. I actually like it a little more than Thanos Rising, I think, so we played that a few times, and then we played Catan a few times, 
which I am not a fan of at all. I can't stand that game, but <laughs> she got she got to pick, so I played it. And uh, my experience with Catan is that it seems like usually when you play Catan, about half the people have a good time, and half the people sit there watching the other people have a good time. So not well, a fun game, in my opinion. I would never play it by choice, but I played it last weekend. I just want to know, was there like a sheep monopoly or, or something that went on? Um, the second time I played it, I kept getting stone. So I had like a million stone, and I literally couldn't even build my first settlement. So I was like waiting until they got settlements so I could sell my stone for them so they could upgrade, at which point I'm already way behind because I can't even build a settlement. And uh, yeah, that's Catan. Hmm. Don't, don't play Catan. <laughs> There's better games out there. Um, and then just because I haven't had much time to get stuff on the table, I've been playing a couple games on Steam lately, uh, Viticulture and Root, which actually just came out a few days ago. So um, Viticulture is probably my favorite worker placement game and it's you know sometimes I'll, I'll pick it up on steam just because it's it's easy and it'll just sit there and wait for you and you know you can play a turn and walk away and come back to it and it's, it's you know kind of the perfect kind of computer game because you don't have to pay that much attention to it but it's still a lot of fun and then uh root which just came out actually looks really good i mean like they've got it's i I'm not even sure it's in full release yet. It might be in, in its final beta or whatever. Um, but it's it's fully playable and it's got great animations and everything. If anything, I wish I wish they would add an undo button because when you're playing the birds, it can get really frustrating. And there's a lot of times so it's like, oh, wait, I didn't want to march there. Oh, wait, I, I just lost the game. I'm going to collapse now. Um, and then sometimes the animations take a little too long. I wish you could turn those off and make them faster. But... The game itself plays really well. It's rude. It's just got the basic game in it so far, but I assume eventually they're going to put the uh, start putting expansions in it. So, and now, those are both on Steam. Now, with Root, do you, are you playing against the AI, or do you have to play? Against yes, other you people? can play online against other people, but I've just been playing against the AI again, kind of for the same reasons as Viticulture, just because it's usually a game that I just kind of want to kind of, you know, pick it up and put it down as I need to. Yeah, uh, Chris got it, and he's been playing it, uh, I think he said, with some guys from uh, an old-school RPG podcast, and uh, he says really good. I mean, I know it's only 15 bucks, but it's on Steam, so I, I can't do it, Rich. I can't I can't buy it. I can't, can't pay, do it, huh? No, it has to go to 40% off, and then I can buy it. I can't Put it even, on your sale list, it'll get there. I know. I know it will, but uh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I really want it. Everybody I've talked to that that has gotten it says, oh, it's great. It plays exactly like, you know, the uh, the, the the board game, you know. And so, yeah. Yeah. So if I could do, like, um, play by email or something like that, I wonder if you could do like that. Like, if you and I could do a multiplayer game and, like, we can move and just wait on the other person. I don't know. Whenever I think of, Possible, like. Kind of like in Twilight Struggle. Yeah. Yeah. I would get like a, a notification sure. or something. I mean, I would always be like, you know, that. That's my kind of thing that I hope for with a conversion from board game to uh, online. Roy, that uh, website you play on, does it do anything like that? Uh, 
like do uh play over over time you mean yeah yeah like we're... oh yeah okay yeah, you can do that see that's awesome oh yeah they do have they do have a game an online game with a and you can pick a three-day turn timer so basically once you play the next person has three days to play their turn hmm so there you go pick it up man okay so uh, that brings us to our sponsorship. I had to like scroll up uh, on my phone. Mike uh, texted me about some stuff, and I was like, "Oh yeah, okay, I'll talk about that on uh, the next show." He did mention when he uh, listened to episode fifty-five uh, B. If, if you want an actual look at uh, the real pandemic, government, society collapse, or whatever, check out Tom Clancy's The Division Two. So I ordered that on the PS4. And, oh. Wow. Uh, I'll give that a shot. Actually, I did. I streamed it on Twitch just starting out, and it was funny because the entire, um, you know, you always get those uh, little things when you first start a game that uh, take you through it on like how to play and whatever. It was completely bugged, and uh, as in all the enemies were missing, so I had to restart and do it. You can see that on the stream. Well, whatever. <laughs> anyway. He has started carrying uh, World War Tesla from Fat Dragon Games. You have to get the rules from them, but you can go to alterdementia.com and he can print you off the actual units and stuff. So, And he's also got some cool tactical scale starships, monsters, and other stuff like uh, in the pipeline, including an entire Kickstarter's worth of new terrain from Fat Dragon Games. Plus all the old stuff, the, you know, the new stuff. And Dark Realms is putting out new buildings every month. So I told him I'll have to make sure I mention that when we record it in two weeks. Although that was now three weeks ago. So there you go. And we'll have the link in the show notes. You can use the discount code COG2019 to save 20%. So there you go. All right, Roy. You watched a movie. That, I watched a movie that has been on my list forever. I know the the internet loves that that single picture. I was just okay. Well, I was just gonna say it, it had been on my list forever because when Sean Connery got famous, there were college kids or whatever that were like, "Hey man," of course, you know, like I said, this is way before the internet. Nobody knew this stuff. Like, "Hey man," he was in this crazy movie. You know, where, you know, he's running around in a diaper with a gun and he has this nutty mustache, you know, and we're just, you know, we're like kids, like, what? What is this? So it's just been in my mind since then. So anyway. Well, no, boys and girls, we're not talking about Highlander because that was a good Sean Connery movie. I know. Um, we're not talking about the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. We're talking about a movie from 1974. It's called Zardoz. And right now it's on Hulu streaming. So if you want to see this wacky, psychedelic uh crazy film uh that's where you can go so um and yeah i've seen that picture with of connery in a in a red diaper and he's got bandoliers and a and a uh pistol but um it's and he's the only voice or only uh, uh actor that i recognized from it but this movie is directed by john borman's and i had never heard of who john borman is but he also directed Deliverance, which is a great movie unless your name is Ned Beatty. Mm. Um, he directed Excalibur, and he directed a movie called The Emerald Forest. Do you remember The Emerald Forest with Powers Booth? I don't think I've ever heard of that. No. That's, 
So uh, I got to stray a little bit into the Emerald Forest. This uh, it's set in uh, Brazil, I guess maybe. And uh, Powers Booth is a uh, he's an engineer. He's a civil engineer building a uh, dam. And so he has a young son that he takes out to the job site. And that day, the uh, the kid wanders off into the jungle. And he gets adopted by uh, some natives that, that basically abduct him from this job site. And so they're building this dam over the course of maybe a decade. And every year he takes two or three weeks off and goes and tries to find his kid. Well, eventually he finds his kid and kind of falls in with this this uh, native tribe, and he he realizes the the dam that he's building is going to destroy their way of life. Um, so it's a really interesting movie about conservation, and you know it's an adventure story. Uh, but that's the Emerald Forest, which is another movie that John Borman uh, directed. So I would you know check out that movie too. But anyway, we're back to uh, Zardoz. So Connery, is, uh, he plays a character, Zed, and he's an exterminator. And his job is basically to kill all the Brutals. So you have um, the Brutals and the Eternals uh, live on the world. We're in the year 2239, and Zed goes out and kills Brutals, kills other Brutals, uh, in service to the god Zardoz. And so he rides around and, and has his gun and, and just shoots people in the on the beach. Um, but Zardoz is a great big head. So this floating head um, is the kind of the idol that that Zed and the other exterminators worship. Um, and so the head gives food to Zardoz and Zardoz Zardoz gives or I'm sorry, they give grain to Zardoz and then Zardoz gives them guns to go out and kill more brutals. Um, but Zardoz is a creation of uh, another guy by the name of Arthur Frayne. And so Arthur Frayne is kind of an interesting dude in that he has, um, he doesn't have any facial hair, but his mustache is drawn on with like a pen. <laughs> and so Arthur's an eternal. So we have the eternals who are immortal. Um, and so Arthur is the one that says that the other eternals have said, okay, you need to deal with all of these brutals and keep them in line. And we, we need you to get them to, to give us food because we don't want to uh, cook any food or we won't want to produce any food. Um, so Zed is, uh, starts to get real curious about what Zardoz really is. And so this head that they, this floating head, he goes up inside of it and stows away in there. And so while the head is in the air, it's floating around, he, he sees Arthur and he kills Arthur. Um, and then the head lands in a village where the Eternals are, and um, they're they're like a weird sex cult, but they don't like engage in sex. I don't know. There's there's nipples everywhere here, man. Um, <laughs> that should uh, be the so title of the show. I guess so. Yeah. Uh, everyone wears a codpiece. Even the even the women have a kind of a weird codpiece thing that they wear, and there's no bras anywhere. Uh, so well, there are we no learned, bras in space. No, exactly. So, but we learned that the immortal, the Eternals are the immortal children of the privileged, and they become bored with life and are seeking a way to die. So the, there was, you know, in time before there was this this great war, and um, the privileged kind of went into this place called the Vortex, which keeps them immortal. 
and they keep they push the brutals out. So there's a a, a dividing line between the brutals and the eternals. Um, the vortex keeps them alive, but they they become kind of um, tired of being being immortal and they want to die. Um, so some Eternals have become so despondent that they barely do anything because everything is just so boring. But Zed's there, and he's kind of a curiosity to them, and they just study him. You know, like, what is he... Why is he here? What is... You know, what drives Zed? Um, but his animal passion sparks something in them, and they... they, they uh, uh, there's some of them that, that are... Uh, they just kind of have given up. Um, and But he... His presence kind of starts to spark a, uh, I don't know, more of a kind of an awakening in him. Um, so it goes back and forth that eventually they want to kill Zed and then they want to keep him alive. And there's uh, one of the the images there. There's the, at one point uh, Connery is wearing a uh, wedding dress. I don't know. Did you see that link? <laughs> Let's see. It's the third one, I think. There you go. Okay. All right. <laughs> so, yeah, Sean Connery in a wedding dress. Um, so, and then eventually Arthur Frayne reappears, and but he's because he's immortal. And so we learn that Arthur is the grand puppet master who is who is selectively bred Zed and made him a curious individual. As It's all part of this grand scheme so that he'll, like, climb into the head, he'll come to the vortex intentionally, and he'll bring all the Eternals who really want to die, um, he'll kind of help them out to die. Um, but So we learn from Arthur what the name of Zardoz means, and I'm not going to tell you that, because that's a secret. Um, so towards the end of the movie, um, the, uh, the Eternals are having some kind of a ceremony, but the exterminators have broken through the force field, and now they they go through and they start to rape and kill their way through the whole vortex. And so Zed and another Eternal named Consuela escape, and uh, all of a sudden they're mortal now because the vortex has been broken. And so the very final scene of the movie is of um, Consuela giving birth, and then you have... Zed and their child and Consuela and they get they grow old so it goes through the different different eras of their life until eventually there's just two skeletons there and the sun is gone um, and that's the end of the movie and it's it's a wacky ass movie um, psychedelic film plenty of nipples everywhere uh, there's some some bitchin hairstyles there's a lot of plastic bags and a lot of big ideas that are kind of hard to get your head around but and it has, of course, has uh, Sean Connery wearing a red diaper, <laughs> and that's my shitty review of Zardoz from 1974. All right, uh, I remember uh, a trailer or something. I've seen a quote. It says something about uh, the penis is bad, the gun is good. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So there's I I linked and actually there's a Nerdist article that I happen to see after the fact there. And that's the last link there that we have. And it really does a much better job of telling the story that I just did. Um, but, yeah, there's... <laughs> it's a weird movie. It is weird, like, how Sean Connery got involved is what I, I don't get. I mean, 
he was James Bond for crying out mm-hmm. loud. You know, you would think what is I mean, I don't know. I wonder was in 73 or when was it? It was 74 whatever, you know, was his career on a downswing, you know? Why did Well, know? that could be cuz I mean, he looks to be maybe in his early 40s here. You know, and how old was he doing the the uh the Bond films? Oh, okay. Here on Wikipedia, it quotes the director, who's Borman. Um, it was originally cast with Burt Reynolds and Charlotte Rampling. Uh, Reynolds... Well, Charlotte Rampling is still Consuela. Okay. Which is, Consuela is the character, is the uh, woman that's in the second uh, link I showed you there. Okay. And, uh, yeah, because Reynolds worked with Borman on Deliverance. Reynolds backed out due to illness and was replaced by Connor Lee. Oh, okay. Connery uh, had just stopped doing the Bond films and wasn't getting any jobs. So he okay. came along and did it. Rampling said she did the film because, quote, it's poetry. It clearly states, love your body, love nature, and love what you come from. <laughs> All hmm. right. Uh, I'm going to try to catch this then at some point. I may have even started it at some point, but yeah, I don't know. yeah I'll have to, have to check that out. So, uh, and a little, uh, the next film I'm going to do is a, another movie from 1974 starring Peter Cushing. So, look for that. That, yeah, that really doesn't narrow it down. I imagine <laughs> Peter Cushing did about 40 films in 1974. It's like, yeah, it's him and, you know, other guy from... Peter 70- Cushing, that's, that's Tarkin, right? Yep. Yes. That's, okay. uh, Tarkin, and it's also... What else was he in? He's one he, of... uh, he was uh, played uh, oh, who's uh, Ren Renquist from from Dracula? Was he Dracula or was he? Oh damn it! I get, yeah, I get so confused between them. I undoubtedly he played Dracula at some point. Undoubtedly he did. He's a British older actor. Undoubtedly he played Dracula at some point. Mm-hmm. It's it's just like him. Those guys that did like a million different Hammer horror films, so you know, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, spoiler alert: it is a Hammer film, so. Okay. Cool. Cool. All right. So on to what's on our radar. The first thing we have, uh, Saga, which I, from Studio Tomahawk, which I've talked about a little bit, is coming out with Age of Hannibal. And sorry, I've only got a YouTube video for this. That's what'll be in the show notes. So you've got. New battle boards, new rules and equipment, all that good stuff. And, uh, yeah, so I'm wondering, I just want to be able to field elephants. If I can do that, that's, that's what I want to do. And, uh. It looks like it's full size, not stronger uh, size. Yeah, I can, yes, I can field elephants, but that, that is the big thing is it is now a mass battle thing. Whereas Saga is a skirmish game, and it's skirmish in the sense of like bolt action. Where it's a yeah, it's less than thirty figures each side. I think of skirmish games as ten guys or less. So, uh, okay, I think of skirmish as like the board size. Usually, I think of skirmish as like two by two or three by three. Usually, three by three. But well, yeah, uh, I guess so, that's not really the definition. That's just kind of how it is in my head. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, again, this is that's in my head that I just think of it as skirmish is like infinity or something or uh, kill team stuff like that where you've got like ten guys or less. And you're right though, uh, Saga, the regular version of Saga plays on three by four. 
But uh, this version looks to be playing... Looks like they doubled it, sort of. Uh, I'm going to assume it's going to be like 4x6, just your average table. Yeah. I mean, why would you not? But, uh, yeah, that's what it's going to be, and it's also going to have some some extra stuff in it. So, I mean, it's a, it's going to be a Dark Age mass battle game. And, uh, yeah. I mean, I just can't get behind it so much because the dice gimmick annoys me for the most part. For one thing, it's like buying into this game. Now, granted, you can get historical miniatures anywhere. And you may even own some. You can certainly use them in this. But the rules, they come from across the pond. You have to add the rules, which are like 20, 30 bucks. Alright, and then you get your army book, which actually has several different armies in it, and it comes with what is called battle boards, which are literally just a uh, uh, like an ASL map, map. What do you call those? Uh, like thick cardboard? No, it's not even cardboard. It's like thick... Cardstock. Card, cardstock, yeah. So it's those, and then you have to purchase the dice that, again, have to come from across the pond. And so you roll the dice each turn, and you can spend these dice to get special bullshit in the actual battle. And I just, I don't, I don't like that mechanic. And of course, I said that to our handful of local players, and they wanted to cast me out. You know, they wanted to shun me because of that. They're like, no, that's what makes the game good. And, you know, makes the game unique and special. And I'm like, ah, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't know. But uh, anyway. But, hey, if it gets Ancients Gaming going, continuing to go, continuing to grow in my area, I'd lovely, absolutely want to have it. So, uh, so you say you would buy it and not play it? Uh, yeah. I don't know. This See, uh, there are, are actual players locally, so I'll, I'll do it. Like, this week, I'm actually planning on doing Age of Sigmar and 40k for sure, maybe Legion. I don't know. So You know, here's the thing. I really need to stop teasing you about that, because lately you've been playing a lot more than I have. Ha ha ha. Running out there. Trying to make it happen. Uh, so the next thing we had is uh, a guy posted this on Twitter, and I just thought it fascinating. I, you know, we talked about Twilight 2000, the Kickstarter for it. It's, it's being redone. It's a really neat idea for a role-playing game. You know, basically, World War Three ended, and so you're a group of soldiers. World War Three is over, and you just happen to be in Poland. And now you want to get back home, maybe, or, you know, go to England or, or somewhere. Or maybe just, you know, make a kingdom in Poland, whatever. So what I'll have linked in the show notes is a guy that has been running a Twilight, a classic version of Twilight 2000, an RPG campaign for like two or three years. And this is his website that he has for it. And it's just fascinating. It's full of tons of art and uh, cool stuff. And uh, yeah, I just really, really enjoyed like reading through it. Like, where he gets his ideas for. Like, uh, he, there was this great book that he used called Armored Trains, an illustrated encyclopedia, 1825 through 2016. I was like, that is amazing. And then I went to, like, look for a copy, and they're like, you know, 200 bucks. <laughs> I'm like, dead, got it. So, anyway. So, I'll probably end up backing that Kickstarter, maybe, and, uh, yeah. So. So, in his version of, uh, Twilight 2000, the, 
the World Trade Center is still standing. Yeah, yeah, because this is um, he's using the classic version of it, which was published mm-hmm. probably in '92 or something, something yeah, like that. Something like that. Yeah, so. I had a copy of it. I uh, I gave it away, actually. Did you ever read through it? Did you did you find anything? Oh yeah, that you it liked? was a fun read. Yeah. I, so I remember that character creation was uh, pretty involved as far as the military service. And we talked about this before. Yeah. The military service is uh, like, you know, what branch were you in? And it, it's all kind of randomly generated. Oh, kind of like a traveler, I guess. Except yeah. I, guess, I guess you won't die, you know, <laughs> or, <laughs> or be maimed. And yeah, anyway. But uh, I dug it because it made me like get some of the PDFs to read off of like uh, drive through RPG. And uh, yeah, so just neat. Thought you guys might like it. So I'll, I'll post it in the show notes. Uh, the next thing we had was Jang. Oh, here we go. Give it a try. Jangshi. <laughs> Just say it with confidence. Jangshi. Pick one and go with it. <laughs> Jangshi. Jangshi, blood in the banquet hall. And I, all right, I'll tell you, I was a, you know, I was a range officer at this NRL competition. By the second day, I stopped calling people by their last name. We would do a roll call, and I mangled so many last names <laughs> that um, I just stopped. I was like, you know, hey, is Richard here? Roy? Yeah. And yeah, so anyway. So this sounds like a pretty neat original game. Uh, the Kickstarter has ended, but it is now available to pre-order. It is a <coughs> art role-playing game where you are a... A collaborative storytelling RPG about a Chinese family making their living running a restaurant in one of America's Chinatowns, circa 1920. Despite societal backlash and anti-Chinese laws, they have turned a profit and their quality of life has recently improved. However, night brings a new terror. Players take on the role of the Chinese family, and mostly from Guangdong province. I'm not sure why that is significant. Spanning three generations who face threats of Jiangxi, hopping vampires at night and racism by day. It has the players balancing the responsibility of maintaining their family business with protecting themselves and their community from the dreaded Jiangxi. It's primarily, primarily a game about storytelling. Combat is limited, but horror, drama, and sometimes comedy are primary vehicles for driving the game forward. It's just kind of neat to me, you know. It just it just seems original. Yeah. It it does sound interesting, but I tell you what, as a GM, it is tough as a GM to do racism properly. It's just it's it's a it's a it's a weird thing to play without finding finding the sweet spot if you want to include racism as a part of your game. <laughs> so that's, a that's... from Wikipedia. <laughs> Is a Chinese hopping vampire, a hopping zombie, is a type of reanimated corpse. So it's uh, they're zombies. Okay. I, yeah, I just I wanted to. Uh, uh, that should be Richard's quote. What was it? It was like, if you wanted to add racism into your game, it, it was a fantastic quote, Dad Gummit. It's hard oh. to find the sweet spot if you're trying to add trying racism, to, add racism your to your game. Yeah, we'll put that on t- just the right amount. <laughs> we'll put that on t- on a t-shirt and go to conventions with it. Oh, I'm never going to be a politician. Ugh. So, um, I mean, yeah, I, I get that. It would either be 
I mean, that it's a it's a critical game element in this. It's obviously you know it is a is uh and racism is part of the antagonist in this game. So I could see why you would have it, but yeah, if you're a white dude running this, especially with like a bunch of other white dudes, or even a more mixed group, you might want to be like, oh man, I you know I want to do this right, but I don't want people to think, you know, this is how I really feel, or you know, or anything. You don't want to do it, and you still want to make it like as part of the game. You I guess don't want to do it too lightly, where it's not an actual you know, issue in the game. I don't know. I mean, you're right. This would be something. I, I definitely would like to watch like a Let's Play or something of this to, to just see kind of how it works. You do get a lot of cool uh, bits and stuff with it, a lot of cards and whatnot. Uh, I, there's a restaurant board. I wonder like how much does like you have to come up with new dishes or, or whatever. It, does that have anything to do with it? You know, yeah. Just curious, but yeah. It just seemed super original, so I thought I'd bring it to you guys' attention. The next thing we have is something I kind of want. Archon Studios announces the Masters of the Universe Fields of Eternia board game. I'm kind of excited about this, especially since I think you could pre-order a figure of He-Man and Battle Cat now. So yeah, kids, I forget not everybody is my age that's listening to this. He-Man was a... Um, a cartoon and toy line in the 1980s that proved uh, boys generally don't develop, you know, body issues based on toys. Like, <laughs> you know, that you know, that was like the big concern with like Barbie and stuff like that. And I'm like, well, we got He-Man. I'd never, never once made me want to, you know, uh, work out. If I had a giant cat I could ride, though, and a sword, that might be something. But I didn't want to run around in furry underwear and, uh, yeah. So, although I'm pretty sure Didn't we I... have another He-Man IP game a few weeks ago. Uh, Seems like this is the second one we've had recently. I wonder if it was Archon Studios if they if it was if they have it or they just did uh, if they're just doing this. Huh. I don't know. Seems I... like this is. Uh, it just feels like this is the second one we've seen now. So interesting to see IPs cycle around. You know. It is true, especially like with stuff like Robotech when uh that whole yeah, that yeah. Whole, that whole shit show with the um the Kickstarter and the day after they lost the rights to it, it was like five different companies announced like board games and stuff for it. So hmm. just neat. So I'm curious to see, you know, how this goes and like what kind it is. Uh it'd be thirty two millimeter figures with a scenic base and a striking pose. I I mean my thing is is like well is it a miniature combat game is it gonna be like he is it He Man Catan you know what you know what is it you know how how does it work is it a trick taking game that's what I want to know <laughs> you know maybe it's a hex and Cat. maybe it's completely reskinned Advanced Squad Leader it's He Man Advanced Squad Leader you know I don't know so I guess we'll we'll follow along and we'll talk to you more about it later oh. The last thing we had on our radar, I just ran into these, and this kind of fits for gaming. If you really wanted to spice up your historical <laughs> gaming, your tabletop game, uh, I'll have this link to the show notes. You can get uh, Trigger Cannons at TriggerCannons.com. These are mini 
black powder cannons that fire some kind of BBs. Uh, there is 31 caliber, 22 caliber, and of course, again, this is where we run into the problem. This is what calls Mitchell Land to comment and at me on Twitter when we uh, mess up our our Queen's measurements. So, yeah, these are cannons that actually legit shoot these things. <laughs> See, when you send out your your thousand black powder guys and have them professionally painted and they come back to you and your opponent breaks out one of these, yep. you know you're playing for keeps. Uh, I don't care what it says in the rule book, Chad. <laughs> <laughs> you miss and it like breaks the window of the, uh, or, you know, <laughs> yeah, or kill somebody. Ugh, just be a mess. Uh, I mean, cannons are really, really cool. Uh, I have to say, uh, I heard that like in Nevada and those places where, you can see forever, and there's the deserts, and you know where nobody is. There are actually um, groups of people that do like mortars and stuff, where they rig them up and they shoot bowling balls and try to get them, you know, who can shoot the farthest or whatever. So that's that. Yeah, I've, that. I've seen some Civil War reenactors, you know, shoot cannons before, and pretty cool. Well, I think with with the mortar shooting for accuracy, it'd be more. Uh more entertaining i think oh yeah yeah look you know do people still do those like pumpkin catapults and stuff remember you see those on the news occasionally it'd be like in I think um, they, yeah i think they do those around halloween i think you'll find them yeah or like a like a potato gun yeah yeah well yes some of them do that but some of them like will legit build like a trebuchet and oh, yeah? and sling the the pumpkin and stuff so yeah, that'd be kind of neat. But yeah, these things are real little bitty, and I wonder, yeah, what do you do with them exactly? You know, is it just like, hey, look at this, I'm gonna shoot this, and I don't know. I I really wish somebody would like there was a hand or a quarter or something so I could get a better idea of scale on them too. So I they really look like they just fit in the palm of your hand. I don't know, but I don't Let's know. See. Just thought you might want to uh, to check it out. Maybe uh, shoot those. Oh wait, there is a uh, YouTube thing. Ah oh, yeah, the guy sticks his hand in there. They're they're about the size of the palm of your hand. So yeah, that's what we do. If you listen to History on the Table podcast, they don't listen to uh, YouTube stuff live on the show. That's not what they do. Oh yeah, there's the the video of somebody shooting a okay a hole through plywood. But what kills me, he's doing it right next to his truck. Like, what if that thing had just fallen over and, and now he's got to replace his windshield? Anyway, so, sorry. I get really excited at this, you know, mini cannon things. You can set up a, a trigger on them to, like, put them on a tripwire. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Honey, oh did, you, did you set up the mini cannon? We're going on vacation. <laughs> you know, just Under our products, there's perimeter alarms. Yeah. Uh, so it's an add-on to, like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, the safety and everything. All right. On to uh, actual news. And that is a good question. Someone notes here. Did we talk about this already? I can't remember. Yeah, I can't remember if we talked about it before, but I thought it was interesting. Yeah, it's, it's, I don't think we did. It's Hellboy the role-playing game. And uh, have you guys, have you consumed any Hellboy media? I'm yes. pretty sure I've seen at least one of the movies. I remember mm-hmm. seeing... A Hellboy movie. Yep, me too. The first one is not bad. Uh, I, I, I honestly the best. That's probably the one I saw. 
the best part of it was like Ron Perlman as him. Yeah, he's great. And, well, the next one came out, and I honestly didn't think they could replace Ron. And you have to realize Ron is honestly, I mean, we just think the guy's immortal, but he's probably like 75 at this point. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, and, the, ne- the reboot you're talking yes, about. Yes. Because the, there was a second one with Ron Perlman. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, the first one is good. The second one is not. The reboot, um, I really, really liked. Uh, it has, if you guys watch Stranger Things, it has uh, the sheriff, Hopper, from that. Mm-hmm. He's Hellboy in it. And he is awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome in it. And. My only problem with it, it really suffers from lack of budget. And, uh, mm. yeah, it's it looks a little cheap in spots, but he really makes it, and I encourage you to watch it. Anyway, Hellboy is a group of comics, uh, is how it started, by Mike McNulla. He has a very distinct artistic style as well, and uh, I thoroughly encourage you to seek those out and read them. It's very pulp, very, very pulp. You know, you've got... Uh, Nazis, or, you know, reanimated bags of Nazi sand, and, um, yeah, (laughs) fish people, you know, all this different stuff, and, uh, yeah, I could see how it would totally make a really good role-playing game. And Manti... Reanimated bag of Nazi sand. I'm gonna have to remember that as an insult to call someone. Uh Uh-huh, we'll put that on a t-shirt, too. See, if we were, like, (laughs) just think, if we were a huge podcast, people would be creating, like fan art and stuff like that and yeah there would be like a whole etsy store with all this stuff and yeah so anyway we're just paying our dues yeah i know <laughs> but i this would really make a good uh rpg mantic games is doing it is it based is it like d20 or are they doing their own thing rich you know it looks like it's just got a regular set of you know role-playing dice it looks like it's got all of them so well, it says based on the hugely popular fifth fifth edition oh, okay so yeah so it is. I mean, it's it's D and D system, but it's got minis too. So I I don't. I mean, I don't know if that's just because minis are cool or if it's gonna have more tactical. Because like D and D fifth edition, obviously you can play it with minis, but like D and D fourth edition kind of had to have minis. Oh yeah. Yep. Even even I know that one because I actually played the D and D miniatures game at that point. And I was like, why do they keep putting these out? And why is there this side game? And they're like, you have to have them to play this game, and blah, blah, blah. Anyway. Uh, so there's there's five uh, character origins. There's Remarkable Human, the Psychic, Ghosts, the Cursed, which which is Hellboy, or the Fae. Hmm. So that's part of your uh, character creation. I guess you'd call that a race. I mean... For 125 pounds, it's, it's, I'm sorry, it's 95 pounds, 125 dollars. You get uh, the digital edition of the role-playing game, the collector's edition book, a GM screen, screen, uh, dice. You get uh, the the game book bag, and you get 25 plastic pre-assembled miniatures. That actually seems like a pretty decent deal. Mm-hmm. Am I am I wrong in saying that? I mean, that bag is kind of neat. I mean, it's, yeah. But well, and I would imagine. I mean, this one, I, I imagine this one's going to hit a bunch of stretch goals too, so you'll get more. Uh, right now, uh, and of course, the reason why there are miniatures in it is because this is from Mantic Games, who does a Hellboy miniature game, 
and or board games. So they already have a ton of Hellboy uh, miniatures that you can get on man- on their website. Let's see. As of this podcast, they they wanted about forty grand, and they've raised almost three hundred thousand, and they've got thirteen days left to go. I only know this because you know you get those notifications on Kickstarter. Hey, your friend backed this, and I was like, oh, what is this? Okay, so that's all I know. So there's one stretch goal yet to be unlocked. What is it? Is it is it like uh, you get a hand? What advanced occult creature creation digital goal. Okay. So, apparently a little app to go with it. Say that three times fast. Advanced mm-hmm. culture creation. Okay, anyway. Uh, so, a free digital copy of Hellboy The Complete Short Stories Volume 1 is unlocked. GM screen, uh, some other app stuff, a poster. Rule book upgraded to Kickstarter exclusive leatherette book cover. Ooh, Interesting. fancy. Yeah. All right, the next thing we had, I didn't put this on here. Who put this on here? Oh my gosh! Did uh, I put this on? I here? put this. No, I put okay. this one on there. The uh, the Norse setting. Yes. Yeah, I thought that looked pretty cool too. I always I like a good setting. And this is for it's called Sivland. I think. That's why you put it on here, Rich. Isn't Sviland. It? Sviland. Yeah, I just wanted to hear. I just wanted to hear him say it. Fifth edition Norse yeah. setting and Freyla's Tears: A Grim Adventure. Now, okay, they've got sixty four hours left to go. You'll probably yeah, you might have two days. To get this, unless I get hung up tomorrow editing, uh, they wanted a measly four grand, and they're they're sitting on two hundred grand now. And uh, yeah, what what does it cost me to get this? Eight bucks gets me. All right, twenty 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 pounds, which is twenty seven dollars, gets me the setting and adventure PDF. So there you go. I think I can get a book at thirty seven. Do you have anything crazy on here? No. Nope. Ah, uh, dis- disappointing. <laughs> we will fly you to Norway mm-hmm. and hunt and hunt you. We have you have yeah. to fight. You 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 we'll get an strip axe. you naked. Yeah, three out in the ice. You have to fight. Absolutely, that that would work. Um, let's see what is the next thing. Do, 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 do. Oh, oh yeah. gross. Ah, yeah, this is a thing, though. This is a thing, and, you know, this is why we have this show. We we talk about this stuff. All right, this is a Vice article, so you can take it or leave it, whatever. It's called, The Culture Wars Have Reached Warhammer 40K. And uh, I think we've talked a little bit about this in the sense of, um, you know, Games Workshop made that statement about, like, hey, Warhammer is for everyone. And it is funny, just that simple statement that is like, you know, something is good. You know, like, hey, I think Roy should be able to have food when he's hungry. You know, just a simple, nice, normal statement. You think no one would push back on that. But no, somebody's like, oh, no, 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 no. Roy should not have, you know, food on Friday because of this reason, you know. And so that simple statement of, like, Warhammer is for everyone. And people got really mad about that. So that's kind of where, like, where this started. And uh, if you go down through this Vice article, it talks about, like, uh, various people trying to address the racism, sexism, homophobia, not only, not 
necessarily in the game, but more in the culture. And that kind of is a thing. Uh, it's, I mean, come on. For, for the longest time, tabletop gaming was a boys club. It really, really was. And that's changed so much. Way, way, way so much. You are really, really seeing more women playing in 40K now. And so much so that apparently, specifically, they have changed things. Like with Slanesh, that, you know, that's the, the, the demon sex god. And like used to be, you could get like Damonettes with like bared boobs and, you know, stuff like that. And it was all very kind of SM y and, you know, whatever. Yeah, kids play this. And, um, they've really toned that down and made more kind of normal looking figures. And they've, they've backed away from like, well, for the most part of the boob armor, you know, that, that kind of thing. So you're starting to see that kind of stuff. However, what specifically what this article talks about is like, there are, are alt right groups that are in this fandom, you know, I'm, I'm not, it's weird. It's, it's the, it says ignoring the fascist leanings of certain players will likely prevent new members from becoming part of the Warhammer community. And worse, it could radicalize young people into getting the hobby as part of games workshop school program. That's apparently something in England and leading them down a PewDiePie pipeline. That's a quote toward extremist and far right content dadgum you kids and your youtube nowadays yeah they interviewed uh dave the leaky cheese and i actually follow him on twitter and it's actually pretty he's pretty entertaining but yeah i remember the argument he had uh when this came out when they made the statement of warhammer is is for everyone and um yeah i mean we talked about uh yeah the, i mean the main thing is uh okay essentially we've talked about the what was the guy that got punched at Gen Con a couple of years ago? The quartering. First time yeah. we, had, we had ever heard of, ever, ever heard of the guy. Is He got punched. And um, come to find out, there's this guy that kind of has far-right views that loves Magic the Gathering and criticizes Wizards of the Coast. And so, well, there is a dude like that for Warhammer, and his name is Arch or something like that. He, he has a YouTube channel. And see, this is why I need to make more YouTube videos, because you can literally just get on there and say whatever the hell, like, dadgum, why does this, that, why did GMT put this out at this time? And people apparently love it, and you get lots of likes and subscribers. I don't know. But, yeah, and it's, it's this whole thing with that. It's, it's a pushback against the statement made by Games Workshop for Warhammers for everyone. We will never accept nor condone any form of prejudice, hatred, or abuse in our company or in the Warhammer hobby. So I'll leave the uh, article up for you to peruse and uh, make your own conclusions. So there you go. And the next thing we had this, okay, you know, we always talk about like how you can buy into games sometimes, and it's like you can buy into this game for a car note. And this is one of those things. <laughs> this is a Warhammer fantasy role-playing game from Cubicle 7, The Enemy Within, Collector's Edition. 
This bad boy, you get a 10-book set in five illustrated slipcases. This is the director's cut, whatever that is, of this particular campaign as well. Uh, it was Enemy Within apparently was a, a campaign from 30 years ago from the original Warhammer Adventures, blah, blah, blah. All that to say... Yep. I had uh, the first installment of this. Uh, really? I did. Was it? Shadows over Bogenhofen. <laughs> really? Shadows over Bogenhofen. Okay. Yeah. Although I don't see that in the uh, in the titles there. I wonder if... Well, I wonder if they changed it for something. I know they've changed a lot. We were talking about this um, at my local shop about a week ago, how... Games Workshop had changed the names of a lot of things because they didn't have the copyright. It all started when they discovered they could not copyright Space Marine. So now they are specifically called Adeptus Astaris. And like, uh, you could, they couldn't copyright Eldar, which is actually a term from Lord of the Rings, I think. Yeah. Yeah, and it is. So hmm. they, they changed them to some unpronounceable thing <laughs> that starts with an A. And, uh, is that the Dr- Drukari? Well, that's that is the Dark Eldar. Was what okay. they is what they were. Those I, I I could pronounce that one, but they changed the other one to something else. Anyway, so you can pre-order this big bastard for the grand total sum of seven hundred and fifty dollars. Now, Rich, at that yeah. at that price, you gotta ship it to me free. Come on, it's I look. You can send it me. Okay, and that's the other thing. I know it's 10 books, but you better not send it media mail either. I paid you $750 for this thing. It's just, yeah. I mean, I guess, you know, if you dig it, you dig it. Yeah, it looks like part one, Roy, is uh, called Enemy in the Shadows. So I guess that's kind of like shadows over that word you said. See, that was a, that was a town. It was a little village, Bogenhofen was. Hmm, Bogenhofen. I'd be curious to read the um, the synopsis of it. Mm-hmm. But wow, this is really cool. Oh wait, um, yeah, the first two, the adventures, first two the, adventures, yeah, yeah, of the Enemy Within campaign, Mistaken Identity and Shadows Over Bogenhofen, both of which are revised and updated. Um, so that's what Enemy and Shadows is has that within it. Now, now see, I could reach out to them and say like, hey, we talked about this yeah. on the last show. You need a review copy. Well, no, no, no. I, boy, do I not want to ask for a $750 review copy. Uh, I feel like I get turned over to collections by them over that one. Yeah. Ooh. Anyway, I I would love, I'd love to like reach out to them and say like, hey, we talked about it on the last episode. But then they'd listen to this and they'd be like, well, you know, you guys kind of joked around for like five minutes and call it a day. But all that to say, I would say we talked about it on the last episode. I'd love to give away a copy. Can we do that? You know, I guess it doesn't hurt to ask. I, you know, I really feel better about doing that kind of thing, too, where it's like, hey, I'm wanting to give away a copy. In fact, don't send it to me. I will simply tell you who won it, because I don't want to mail this 10-volume encyclopedia off to somebody. Who knows what that That would cost me like 150 bucks to mail it to them. Anyway, don't send it to me. I'll tell you who won. You can mail it off to them. That'd be kind of cool. But then again, they'd listen to the show... And they'd be like, look, motherfucker, you said that $750 was excessive, perhaps. You seem to lean in that direction. And you also said it would be shipped free. 
I'm here to tell you, 20 bucks, buddy. That's what we ship this for. I don't know. Put words in their mouth. Now they're not going to get a copy. 20 bucks. Yeah. Sorry, kids. I don't know. But I'll, I don't know. Maybe I'll try. Maybe I'll try. I just get, yeah, I don't know. It, I get really anxious about asking, you know, folks for stuff. And anyway. And whatever. All that to say. Um, the next thing we had uh, really made me chortle this morning when I read it. Um, we've talked about Mork Borg a couple of times. And Roy does the Swedish chef, the Borg, Borg, Borg thing when we do this. <laughs> it's, uh, it's some kind of weird punk rock art experiment RPG thing. I've been very attracted to it because you you want a physical physical copy because it's like this work of art. And um, the Morkborg uh, occasionally reposts this thing called it on Twitter says we can never get enough of this post and it's it's a Reddit link to uh, the it was a post in the OSR subreddit entitled. Morkborg has the worst layout I've ever seen. And it, it goes through, and it, I mean, it really runs it down, talks about a layout derived from a high school art class, collages, and it's, it's a dumpster fire. You know, the art, the layouts are so fucking awful and ba- basically useless. <clears throat> I mean, over like five paragraphs, it run, runs this whole fucking thing down. And the very <coughs> first comment is from the guy who wrote it, and he, he goes, quote, I don't even care about the game at this point. Just looking at the book makes me want to set it on fire. And he goes, can we use this for marketing purposes? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, somebody commented underneath it. It's like, sure, as long as you credit the quote to either you deleted or anonymous cowardly critic. So, yeah, I love that when uh, creators, like, seek out, like, people that have criticized their stuff. And are, they're not dicks about it or anything. They're just like, okay, can we actually... Can we use this quote that you said? And, it's like uh, the restaurant that says, uh, uh, come in and try the worst uh, Reuben in the world, according to that one guy on, on, on Yelp. Yelp. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I love those. I love those things. Absolutely love those things. Uh, locally, uh, we had a... It, it, it made the brief local paper. It didn't even make the news. Is that how it was. <laughs> it was somebody went to this restaurant and got a, a shake or something at this thing and said, and went and wrote out this tirade on how it was the worst shake he'd ever had and specifically said it smelled something like a turtle tank. Like, you know, <laughs> if, if you were kept, if you kept turtles or something. So, like, the next day, they had a special turtle tank shake. What was the thing? It was like green and, and something else and mint and chocolate and whatever. It was a turtle tank shake. So, yeah. Anyway. So, I, I really like that. And I really have been trying to purchase Morkborg, but it continues to be sold out where I seek it out. So, Well, it fits your niche of, of uh, RPG books to read. Yes, that is true. I would actually... That's kind of your thing, yeah. right? Yeah. I just buy it and just read it. And, um... Let's see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the comments is, I, uh, frankly, I wish rule books had no art. I don't look at that shit after the first two times I use the book. And there's a lot of stuff in public domain that looks better than 90% of the artists getting paid and driving up printing costs anyway. I am not going to buy a game as a decorative object. I buy decorative objects for that purpose. And steal what? The game essentially has no content. It's just a bunch of 
bad splash pages, I could get more out of a CYOA novel. What is CYOA? Because I'm old, I don't know what Choose that is. Choose your own adventure. Oh, gotcha. Okay. <laughs> Rich is a young man, so he knew exactly what he knew the hip lingo of the kids nowadays. So okay, mm -hmm. but yeah, I don't know. Just kind of stuff's funny. And again, I I want to actually get that. It's because it looks it that the art and the weirdness and the layout is what attracts me to it. I love, you know, you just people open up, you know, there's shots of the book open and like, wow, this thing really looks weird. So I'm going to check that out. I mean, there's a book you guys have probably heard of because it got really famous for a while and it was, you know, they're going to make a movie or whatever on it. Anyway, called House of Leaves. You guys, have you ever heard of House of Leaves? Yeah, I've heard of the book, but I haven't read it. Okay. One of the reasons why something is attractive to what makes this book attractive for you to want to read it is if you picked it up off the shelf and just opened it and flipped through it. Now it, it doesn't have any artwork in it, but the thing must've been a nightmare to typeset because they do, they do, they do all this weird stuff with the typesetting in it. And so you flip through it. It really makes me, makes you want to go, what the hell is going on in this book? So yeah. Anyway, so I'll link that in the show notes. The next thing we had is Glenmore 2 Highland Games expansion up on Kickstarter. And the only reason I tossed this on here, I just was curious if you guys were familiar with Highland Games at all and what you thought. You mean like the board game or the actual Highland Games? The actual, the actual Highland Games. Yeah, I'm familiar oh. with them. They they have some here in St. Louis. Probably Probably not now, but yeah. I just, yeah, I just think it's neat, you know, because there's, um, there's a lot Saber of... toss and yeah, all good stuff. There's a lot of weird ball stick games, like hur <laughs> like hurling, you know, which I find weird. But, of course, you know, these games date back to, you know, slightly after Christ. So, you know, it's it's how long they've been around. But, yeah, hurling is, is one of those. But, uh, and, of course, they don't have these kind of things in Mississippi, or I think maybe they're on the coast or something, but um, yeah. So I, I kind of romanticize them, like, wow, that would be so cool to go look and see and play. But apparently this is an expansion for one of the Highland Games board game, and huh. I don't know how you would gamify that. Maybe, like, you have to, like, build your castle or, or something and uh, to attract people to play in the games at your castle it would be like um like you know you're a city that's trying to get an olympic stadium you know an, an olympic bid maybe it's like that right no nope. well i don't <laughs> no idea i mean i i never knew that there was a highland games board game so so i'm looking at the uh the kickstarter you click on the source there then there's uh images of the game boards so it looks like maybe you're setting up the tournament. Oh, okay. Maybe. And like what happens if I put like the porter potties next to the food vendors? Is is like dysentery breaks oh, out? Maybe. I don't yeah. Um so there are um what happens if the English show up. Ah, yeah, good point, good point. So four wooden stone thrower meeples, four wooden caper caber toss meeples. Okay, or, uh, 
they're they're uh, you know they're they're punched out to look like like uh, athletes in the Highland Games. And you know, guys, I really think that we're missing a chance. They are missing a chance here for a really good, obvious stretch goal. Rocks. Get your own caber. Rocks. So oh. you, you can throw them. Yeah, there you go. That's what I would do. I would be like, okay, for five hundred dollars, you get two rocks. <laughs> you have to pay the increased shipping cost. But you got to feed them. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. It looks. I'm, I'm going to say this is a trick-taking game because that, that's my new phrase. This, this, <laughs> Roy, this looks like a trick-taking game to me. Is that correct? Yes. No. It's a it's a trick-turning game. Yeah. Slightly different. That's a different game. It's kind of like Hearts. Yes, it's, it's exactly like Hearts. It's reskinned Hearts. That's what it is. You know, I live in fear that we'll actually get popular and the people... That... <laughs> I don't think you have to worry about that. I know, right? But um, the, on the offhand chance that, like, the guy that designs this game decide, you know, he's a longtime fan, and I'll get that email. It's like, I've listened to you guys from the very first episode. You broke my heart with that. You mocked my game. So, yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, the next thing we had was Nova Charitable Foundation raffles are happening now. And, uh, yeah, we got about another week for this. And uh, I wanted to toss it on here because I think I kind of want to uh, do these. You know, it's, it's a game of chance. Haha. Uh, to You're win. I'm adding a link. To, to win some stuff. It actually works if you click on it. Oh, does it? Yeah. Okay. It does. Sorry. It, it, just it was not underlined, so I right. thought it was. Uh broken uh-huh I, I, I wanted to hide it in there and uh i just thought it was neat that you can uh you can win units detachments whole freaking armies or models for different stuff and it's it goes to a really good cause whatever that cause might be uh looks like breast cancer research yes and the fisher house and doctors without borders so yes those are important so uh, it goes to them, and honestly, the raffle tickets are really cheap. And, I mean, you're either going to win or you're not. So I would never say buy more than one ticket to anything. I mean, you, you, you'll you either win or you won't. But uh, I was going to talk about the stuff that I wanted. Um, I have some um, Daughters of Cain, so I really want this freaking beautiful Court of the Shadow King uh thing they have with the Marathi and uh, the the Medusa figure and I click the wrong and a YouTube video comes up it is an amazing freaking army utterly amazing and um, do I see boobs there I think I see boobs I don't know um, there's boobs on the minis I can't tell and so that's just what I said is they were stopped making the boob minis, so I'm not sure if that's correct or not. Whatever. Anyway, this army looks freaking amazing. I don't see who painted it. Oh, it was Simon at Castle Brush. I mean, to get that freaking thing painted at that level, that's probably at least a grand or more. So this is more than Games Workshop. There's some Reaper stuff in here. Yep. Uh, there's, there's, some... an, there's an X-Wing squadron in there. Oh. It's repainted, Yeah. Uh, yeah, one of the things I was actually interested in was a uh, a Free Blades starter army. Oh, sorry, there's two starter armies. Maybe it's a starter box or something. And uh, a guy painted those really nice. I've always I've heard good things about that game, and it's a skirmish game, as you can see. There's only 
five or seven figures on each side. And, uh, yeah, again, from uh, Splintered Brush Studio in Ottawa, Canada, with the whole display board and all this nice stuff. And it's just eight bucks for each one of these, so I might, you know, drop $30, $40. Uh, the uh, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy from for four Mar- Marvel Crisis Protocol which I have been trying to get a demo game of locally to no avail. We have a couple players, and dadgummit, I just want to field MODOK. The person did a... <laughs> whoever, I did. He's like one of my favorite Marvel characters. The guy looks like he's sitting on a cursed toilet. Yes, he's just a big giant mm-hmm. head on a toilet. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so, just curious. Yes, yeah, yeah, cool stuff. This is where we, uh, you know, we talked about that... Um, Breakfast with a podcaster, dinner with a podcaster, or whatever we would do. This is, we should wrap that off for this. Mm. If and when they ever do another Gen Con, you will you get the honor of purchasing breakfast for Adam Chance, who may or may not sit there and eat with you. <laughs> <laughs> but he spent my money. Yeah, I'm so blessed. Uh, so I just these. I mean, honestly, there's just some fantastic models and stuff like that. And I'd be interested in that 30k army, but they're ultramarines, which are ultramarines are basically Kroger brand space marines. You know, <laughs> they're they're generic as far as I'm concerned. You know, I'm I'm a big Dark Angel fan, so there you go. And I guess the last thing we had, this news just came down about 30 minutes ago is the August update for FFG and what it means for um events so uh they postponed store and grand championships and the ones on hiatus are the i see i don't even i've never even heard of the ffg prime championships or the continental yeah i can't remember what all the different ones are the system opens you hear about a lot the world championships obviously i mean basically everything is either postponed or canceled which is no surprise but this is not going to be the year that you win Worlds in Star Wars Legion, Adam. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know, I know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daniel keeps beating me, so it can't, I can't, <laughs> yeah. Can't do it. So, I mean, honestly, a lot of those, like, I know the Kotai events are mainly at, like, Gen Con. That's, like, when they do their big, big things. And, um, yeah, it's just, not, nothing's going on. It does say local store, local store level organized play will start up again September 1st. So you can they can use kits for that and order it. Like, you know, the Legion tournament we did had a kit. Um, I love how uh, several of my local players felt sorry for me and gave me cards that they didn't want. So I have, like, alternate cards for, like, Pathfinders and stuff like that. So I'm like, yay, because I, I like the Pathfinders. So there you go. Hmm. So that brings us to the end of the show. Roy's got somewhere to be and i have two hurricanes bearing down on me that will arrive tomorrow actually i think one is i I think the one is going to miss you and come up here to st louis yeah the tropical storm i feel really sorry for new orleans because they're going to take both of them and then the other one is a category one hurricane that will impact um let's see the tropical storm will hit texas and louisiana barely louisiana and then the hurricane will hit uh, Mississippi, Louis- and Louisiana, and Texas. 
And of course, any, so, anything above us. I don't know who names these storms, but they really, is it Noah, maybe, that, that names the, the storms? Yeah. But, I think so. Well, what I is think named is, Marco? I think, they ha- I think they have a list that's like years okay. and years and years planned in advance. Well, they really missed the opportunity to name one Marco and the other one Polo. So it's Marco <laughs> and Laura. I, I would rather see Marco and Polo. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I've seen that several times on social media. It's, yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> anyway, uh, I guess that's the end of the show. And I'm still really tired from this weekend, so I'm going to go to bed shortly. Roy's got to get up early and take somebody, take to, the somebody to the airport. The airport, And Rich has got to study for his, his test. That's right. You've really got the audience vested in this test, Richard, so you're going to have, have to let us know how you do. Uh, three weeks from tomorrow, I'll let you know. I, I bet he's got his glasses on, Roy, and he's studying over there. I bet he, he, he like, licks his thumb and and turns the page. He's like, hmm. I have to see it like that. Consult the Tome of Management. Yep. <laughs> All right, folks. Good I've night. Got, I've got big volumes, leather-bound volumes, just stacked up next to me. <laughs> Tome. Hey, uh. What, wait, wait, wait. What do they what do they call? There's a term for like evil books. It's called a grimoire. There you go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There you go. The project management grimoire. I yes. love it. <laughs> <laughs> Except mine is a PDF, so it's not quite as imposing <laughs> when it's not bound in human skin. You can't you can't slam it in uh, <laughs> in frustration. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, uh, be nice to people around you. Always. Yeah, it's a good All idea. Right. We should try that. Absolutely. Good night. Good night, night, everyone.